Hello and welcome to the Blossom School of Business podcast. I just want to give a quick disclaimer that I forgot to check my mic settings before recording this um, great conversation with Luke. Um, so apologies in advance about my audio quality. I'm still new to this. I'm learning. Um, but yeah, it's still a great conversation. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to the Blossom School of Business podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hugler, And today we are here with Luke Meyer. Um, formerly in our lawn care. I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Hey, so yeah, I'm Luke Meyer. Um, I've been in the industry for going on eight years almost. Um, I love the green industry. I plan to stay in the green industry for my whole career. And I just made a, a little career lane change, I guess you could call it, where I sold my uh, lawn and landscape maintenance business, ML Lawn Care. Uh, where we were about three or four employees, about 200k in revenue, uh, just like a summer summer work, um, and yeah, now I'm a landscape designer working um, about an hour and a half from where I was. Just just a little little change in the in the industry. So, and, um, and how old are you? 22. 22. Okay. So, did you how old were you when you started? Uh, 16. Uh, okay. I, I, did, I did some work when I was 14 and 15 for neighbors, but I really kind of went gung-ho with it when I was 16. Right on. So yeah, I, I got started around 17. So I, I guess I didn't realize you were that young. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes a beard would throw people off, dude. I, uh, I would always, I was blessed with the genetics that I, I could grow a, a larger beard at a younger age. So I would kind of use that to my advantage when I would go and pick up clients because they wouldn't question my age or my sale. Like you, you really know what you're like. So, you know, I thank my, uh, my parents for that, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't really get anything too thick and I got like two bald spots here that never grow in, but It'll come. yeah. Yeah. Oh, with time. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned that though. Um, cause that's like the whole, like respecting you kind of because of your age. Cause that's something that I feel like I've been kind of struggling with a little bit recently is that, because when we started, we were just kind of like help for hire, not necessarily lawn care. Um, and it was just, we were charging like 15, 20 bucks an hour just to do whatever they wanted us to do. And I feel like that combined with my age of only being 20 and I mean, not having that full beard and looking older, I guess, but I feel like it just put me in a position where a portion of the quotes are like not quite taking us seriously and just still like viewing us as our past and then i'm trying to just transition it into like the i guess legit company and stuff and just little comments that people make i guess is what i've been yeah, experiencing yeah. yeah yeah the best advice i guess i could say for that is there's there's got to be a point where you flip the switch part of it's mental and then part of it's not it's like it, it's really tough because it's like at what point are people going to start taking me seriously mm-hmm. you know being young some people just want people to cut their grass and like, oh, here's a kid. He'll charge me a cheap price, this or that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you just got to be firm, stand your ground and find a good mentor and stick to that. Um, be rooted in in truth and knowing that why you're charging what you're charging. If someone doesn't want to pay that, then they're not your client. End of story. Um, you just kind of have to become a little bit cutthroat as a business owner at one point and just say, this is it. This is what we're going to do. If you don't want it, you're out, you know? So um, yeah. I, I kind of had to flip the switch at that, like two years in, I wasn't making that much money at all. Towards the end there, I was making a really good salary where I could have had a family, but I, um, I, I, I don't want that responsibility, but it was a salary good enough to where I could have had a house, a wife and a kid. But um, 
yeah, I had to flip the switch and I had to say, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be real about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, there's, there's definitely weak points in like my business that like that I, I can be stubborn and kind of like wishy-washy on stuff. Um, and that's I, something I definitely need to work on. And it's definitely, you kind of, yeah. It, it gives you like a sense of power when you do just finally take a stand and you're like, no, like that's not something we do. I'm sorry. Um, if you want us to do it for like this price or this way or something like this is how we do it. But, um, and really like recently, honestly, I probably didn't tell a customer no until probably the last year. Mm-hmm. And it's, you think like you want to just be helpful and do whatever they need. But at the same time, when I told the customers, no, they're like, like the way that they thought it should be done was not the way that it should have been done. I was like, no, like that we should do it this way. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. thanks for helping. Me. So it's, yeah. that, that was kind of a shift that I had too, because there have been projects that I did it the customer's way and it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, a lot of that comes from preparation too, like um, knowledge, green industry knowledge, like reading books, this and that watching YouTube videos of people in the industry, like knowing how things should be done. You'll, you'll be really surprised like when you tell people different from what they're saying because you know um what is right like they'll respect you even more which is weird like you would think mm-hmm. it's the opposite the first time yeah but it's, it's that first time that first step i mean there's gonna be a first step for a lot of things a first time for many things if you've already taken the step to start your own business that's the biggest step of them all it shouldn't be that hard to put your foot down and tell direct somebody here and there i mean you're the bro so, yeah. 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 So um, you said you had three, four guys approximately in your business, and you're doing yeah. about you're doing about like 200. You said in revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 200 in revenue. We're floating around there the last couple of years. Um, and there was one, two full time, but I say full time like in the winter time. They they were they were um volunteer and full time firefighters. So okay. They had they had winter work. They were full time. I'm I'm in Michigan, so we would work April start at the beginning of April, mid April, and work all the way to Thanksgiving. So um, full time for eight months, and then I had two part time. One um, was just summer help. He was in school, and then another one I would just call when we had like a bigger job going on. So um, I say three to four employees, but I was paying out. I think 120, 100 to 120 hours a week aside for myself. So. Okay. Yeah. And then what are you doing? Like, what was services were you doing? I was doing lawn maintenance, um, landscape makeover. So just like redefining bed edges, installing mulch, uh, trimming shrubs, doing some planting. Um, we did a few installs, which was really cool. Um, like irrigation repair, this and that. I would not go do an irrigation repair job, but when you're going to do an install, you're definitely going to find some irrigation. There's no way around it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Just like, just like, you know, beautification, property beautification, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, and I was pretty, got pretty OCD about it. I, I liked it a lot. And then leaving it uh, behind, I guess, is like, I miss it in a, in a certain way. Like I really miss like when you're mowing lawns every single day and you can do like 20 or 30 a day, that's like 20 or 30 dopamine hits a day. Which is like, oh, that long. Yeah. That looks, yeah. you know, it's, it's just so rewarding and you get it so many times a day. And then to go to like be a landscape designer where you're like sitting there, like building this <laughs> fortress for like seven or eight hours and then it's done. And then like the, yeah. this, this, this. So it's, it's, 
it's rewarding in a different way, but I, you know, I kind of miss like the tempo of it. It's just like, um, I don't know, just a transition period right now. I love them both a lot, but I don't know. I love watching people's like reels and TikToks, and there's something about lawn care and property maintenance that's very hard to like replicate on social media in different industries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I feel it definitely. So like, as you said, obviously you exited from the business owner's standpoint and then now you're um, working as a landscape designer. What was kind of that motivation and like thought process that made you want to kind of take that step? Yeah. So um, there was two things that I loved about the lawn maintenance. One was like in real life outside of social media, um, like that feeling of pride of growing something that is your own and two was like extracting really good content from it and posting it online so i guess the second part at the end of the day it doesn't matter it it i mean it's your life online is cool and all that but i had gotten bored with lawn care i had reached every single goal that i wanted to in my company and i when i did i didn't even realize it at first I did, I pay attention to my goals, but I was like, I don't know. Like after that, I don't know what I want to do. Like with my company, I've always wanted to be a landscape designer and I'm addicted to progress. And I just felt like I was at a standstill. Like I had gotten everything I wanted out of my company, which feels really weird to say, but there's nothing else that I wanted to do with the lawn property maintenance company. And I was young and I'm still young. And I was at a point where I could make a, flip a switch and make a career change. Um, like I said, I'm addicted to progress and there was really, there's a lot of potential in the industry and it provides for a lot of people and, and, and property maintenance and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I felt like I wanted to switch to something where like there would be no, end like there's endless plants to learn there's endless mm -hmm. landscape design i it just felt like more of a fit for me does that make sense yeah i got you tell me about like the process of going about selling your business in because like that's i'm in college right now and i i run my company in a small town it's not necessarily something that i want to do for the rest of my life um and that's something that I'm considering a few years down the line. Um, I could just, I guess, shut it down. But the idea of selling it and just kind of keeping that legacy alive kind of and maybe getting a payday is kind of something that is enticing. Um, so just kind of tell me about the process um, and how you went about all that. Well, I, and I was in the same boat as you. I knew that it was not something I wanted to do forever. So in knowing that, if I wanted a payday, it had to be something good enough that somebody wanted to pay for Mm -hmm. So I had to make sure that there was some systems. I had to make sure that we were like had every single piece of contact information from a client. Cause I've gone to where people want to sell me their route and I go and I look at their spreadsheet and it's like lady across the street from Mrs. Jones. And you don't <laughs> even have any, and I'm like, no, like <laughs> just by reading that right there, it tells me everything I need to know about you and your company. I'm out. Yeah. And I, that sounds harsh. That sounds cutthroat, but if you want a payday, from your company you're going to have to have first and last name email phone number 
um, history. It's not, this isn't necessary, but sometimes historical notes about situations or things that had happened can be yeah. nice. Cause if people are going to read into your company, if someone's like going to buy a company, obviously they're smart. So if you have that there, that's a bonus. Yeah. So I had to make sure I was ready to sell. That was something that someone wanted to sell. So two years prior, I had like upped our game internally, got a software system that was really good to help me with that. Um, I also really honed in on like route density and making sure my prices were right. Um, so when I went to sell, to answer your question, actually, when I went to sell, um, I had reached out to my dealer, said, hey, this season, I'm done. Um, and they had got me in contact with a local company who I actually knew who I didn't even think of asking. I had asked a few here or there. People had come and checked it out. It was out of their budget, this or that. And so uh, this guy was, was an actual fit. Um, sometimes you can do a contract. I knew him well enough that we had just done on a handshake. So a certain amount, we did like 50% up front. And then here's the second half, 50% payment we'll do at this date. We'll, you know, it could range by this much, depending on how many people stay with you. Because though the, it's got to be a win-win for everybody. A win for me is actually selling my company. A win for him, I mean, a loss for him would be if he paid it all up front and nobody came with. A win would, you know, be feeling comfortable in the sale. So mm -hmm. that's how we did it. That's how we went about it. Okay. So you, would you, the, what you said, like, about the, the customer data and stuff, like, through my research and stuff, I found that to be, like, one of, like, the big things. So did you just sell, like, your customer list or did you, like, sell off all your equipment too? Or are you selling it separately? Like, how are you going about that? Yep. So all he was interested in was the contacts. So okay. I had sold him the contacts um, and I had sent out an email through MailChimp to everybody that this is what was going to be happening. Um, I, you know, this is the best company. This is the best fit for you. And they could do what they want with that. And he followed it up with a similar email, like a welcome email. So mm -hmm. the thing about MailChimp is you could resend emails to the people that didn't open it. So like originally 75% of people opened the email and it was like resend to non-openers, resend to non-openers, just yeah. sure everybody got it. But yeah. And it went well. It sounds like about 75% of people stayed with them. So that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's about that's about what we expected. Uh, from year to year, I had like a 90 to 95% retention rate. Um, so to see a 75% retention rate when I'm just out of the picture felt really good. So. Now, this may not be something you're allowed to talk about, but are you allowed to say anything about the numbers or anything behind it? Or you don't have to I, if you don't feel comfortable if it's like... No, I won't give a dollar amount, but I, I guess you could kind of calculate a dollar amount because I already told you what my revenue was. But I sold for two... You, people sell for like four weeks revenue. Um, like, I, is that just based off the list itself? Yeah, four weeks revenue when you're working. Um, I sold for... Two and a half weeks, and that's all I that's all I asked for. I knew the guy well. I knew he would he would do a good job, and I didn't want to shoot him. That he might have paid it. I don't know. It didn't really matter that much to me. I was like, hey, this is that dollar amount. He's like, okay, that's fine. So that was me. I was. That's how I went about it. Okay, right on. And then, did you did you do like any formal research into it, or did you just kind of like? user connection selling. yeah like preparing your business for selling or is it just yep. kind of like um i had i read a lot on lawn site which sometimes you gotta 
you know, kind of screen who's typing what on lawn site. Yeah. Um, as with any, as with anything, but you just got to make sure who you, you're being selective about who you listen to. Um, I had a contract ready to go. Um, but it was just the specific scenario is how it happened. And you got to be ready for anything. I was ready to sell to, obviously I wanted whoever was going to buy it was be, um, was going to actually do a good job, but yeah, I was ready to go hundred percent, like buy the book, sell a company, but that's how, uh, that's how the situation worked out. Is there, is there anything that you would have done different about it? Mm, no. Um, I didn't, I thought I was going to do it for one more year. So I guess I, there was nothing I could have done differently, but if I would have known, I would have asked my dealer further in advance okay. or I would yeah. have reached out to a few more people, but it all happened so quick. Like, yeah. it's like, I had, um, like an injury at the big, at the end of January. And I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to work the first month or two. Anyways, my risk of re-injury is so high. I'm like, this is it. This is, this is the timing right here. This is how this was unfolding. So I'm done. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's how it went. And I guess I wouldn't change anything because that, you know, that's how the cards were played. Right on. And then now moving forward into your new job with Foxscapes, correct? Mm-hmm. So, okay. You're doing landscape design and social media. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Um, so primarily I'm landscape design. Um, I do all the designs right now. Uh, when I started, I was working with another designer um, and maybe we'll be working more together. But as of lately, I've been doing everything on Uvision. Um, also, they were giving me like their own bubble diagrams that I would go ahead and put in the software at the beginning. But uh, lately, yeah, I've been going on all the consults. I've been making up most of the designs with a little bit of input from the other designer. Um, and then some of them I go on and present it myself and take half down payment, which is what mm-hmm. we do what most landscape companies do other bigger projects. I go with the owner um, and we go ahead and present them together. So there are some questions that the co- clients have that I can't totally answer right now, like um, product availability and like when they're selecting product, like, or like how long a job's going to take. So there's, a, yeah. there's definitely some places that I need to still learn and that'll come with time. Um, but I, I'm loving it. And there's, I'm just scratching the surface right now. Um, the social media part, we're trying to figure out. It's been extremely difficult moving from an organization where I knew everything that was going to happen in a day mm-hmm. to, so that I can actually plan out the content uh, capturing. To, yeah. Dude, I've got no clue what's happening. There's like 12, 13, 14, 16 employees. This one's on this job. This is on this job. Like, can somebody tell me when you're going to make a satisfying cut with an IQ saw? Cause I have no clue. Like I, I, I do not know what's going on. <laughs> so it's, it's, it all comes with communication. It, it really, it really brings the, the point home that communication is everything. And yeah, I agree to, and it goes in for so many areas in life, but um, the social media part is something that we're working on right now. I believe we'll figure it out. We are posting consistently, but the quality will get better with time. So, and I was like, honestly, I was like, all right, like I've got more time to focus on social media. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. But it's, 
it's weird like not knowing that what's, what's happening you know yeah you can't just like sit on a job site all day and wait for something cool to happen so yeah um anyways you're saying no uh, I, was, I was just gonna ask you kind of like about um the design process so that's i we most of our revenue comes from like cleanups um and then weekly lawn maintenance and stuff um, but we've we've had a few like landscape installs and stuff how how do you how have you learned like i guess the different strategies and stuff of design and what plants go well with what and just learning the plants because that's that's one area that i'm also struggling just with the technicalities of just learning the plants knowing what looks good because like um i might think something looks good and like i i don't know i just it's it's hard for me to communicate in the language of plants i guess is what i'm saying yeah yeah and that's that's um you know why i made the switch was because there's the possibilities are endless but what my basics were was what what state are you in indiana 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 might have one most states do but um look up your own state's nursery and landscape association oh for me it's michigan nursery and landscape association whatever your state is um and they should have certifications that you can get the materials and study for so i got the materials for certified landscape manager and certified landscape designer which was all in all i think it's like seven or eight hundred pages of text and there is an exam for a landscape manager and there's an exam for landscape designer um I had studied for a landscape manager exam and passed it. So I'm, I'm certified through the state as a certified landscape manager, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was kind of gave me the basics to understand soil types. I had read the landscape design manual, but I couldn't uh, test for it because you're supposed to have X amount of experience, one year experience as a landscape designer. But just to have that knowledge, like understanding layering, sun and shade plants, there's a certain amount of plants that you're supposed to name, American and Latin name. And then learning underneath these designers right now, that's been my, I guess you could say my resume. What's really helped me in design. Um, also, I downloaded UVision and I would just play around and I would go on certain websites and just read for hours about plants. There's so much to learn. Uh, my number one website's been Gardenia, which is GardenIA, I think it's .com. You can type in a plant. American or Latin name, and it'll tell you sunshade, what it's resistant to. So that's, uh, aside from looking up other landscape designers on Instagram, that's been what's helped me out a lot. Gotcha. And you said UVision, is that like your design software? Yep. <clears throat> that's what we're using right now. UVision's all, I think people describe it as a middle of the road software. It can do most things. But when you start designing landscapes that are 200K or more, people usually upgrade is what it sounds like so okay and then what, what what is that is that how much does that cost um uh, i think it's around like... 400 350 okay. 400 for a lifetime it's we definitely some of the projects that we've sold would not be able to sell without other design software so like some yeah. patios putting greens um things like that retaining walls tiered landscapes and it helps a lot on the smaller the smaller projects too so we always sell a design and then we sell a landscape Gotcha. So yeah, like, I mean, I guess my personal situation, that's definitely overkill. Cause like I said, I only do a few, um, installs here and there, but that's just something that I'm trying to learn, um, and figure out the plants, I guess. <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. And it takes time, dude. It's plants is something that people spend their whole life studying and they never know everything. So it, 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 it'll take time. When I did the smaller installs, I think the biggest one I did was eight grand um, in my company. Um, I would go on Microsoft Paint and just like sketch it out. I would take a yeah. picture with a drone and then I would kind of draw like blobs and like label them as a plant and then attach real pictures in the quote. And that worked. I mean, for a project like that, that's totally fine by people. So I was talking about this with uh, Stephen Cochran on the last episode of this, but um, I, I use Canva. So I go in and take pictures and then I like poor man Photoshop the bushes and like flowers and stuff in just so they can kind of see. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it doesn't look like super realistic, but it gives them an idea of like kind of the layout and stuff. Yeah, and that there's another free designs. It might be Canvas or there was another like free one that people use. I don't know what it is, but you can take a picture and like select from a few. There's not a whole lot of variety, but you can select from plants and place them. And one thing about U Vision is there's very limited variety or. I'm surprised like some of the st common stuff here, like they don't even have on there. So I just have to like find a plant that looks like it and you could change like the textures. So you can take a ornamental grass and make it like lime green, or you can make it purple or red, change the size and things like that. So, and then you just label it, but yeah. And one more thing that I also want to talk to you about your truck. Tell me about that. So you've been building like a, a um, bed and like storage stuff in the back of your truck, correct? yeah yeah yep um man i just i'm obsessed with like practicality and streamlining day-to-day -day life and um i guess i i try to organize um my life around or my whatever's in in my life has to fit my lifestyle and that for me i work in the green industry and then i try to camp every weekend if i can or every other weekend um prior years it was tough being a business owner but um i've got a six and a half foot bed i got a 2014 silverado six and a half foot bed with the capper on it the topper on it and i've got like a bed frame built up so i can actually camp in the back of my truck wherever usually i go like national forests Mm -hmm. um underneath that bed i got like locking drawer slides and i pull out a griddle and a storage compartment so a i can cook on the job if i'm working collecting content or like working out the back of my truck that, that's awesome yeah sit in the shade and um, <laughs> it's super nice it's super practical like like what else are you gonna do you're gonna go sit under a tree like haul all your your laptop and stuff out there or, i mean and then like to be able to cook for crews build that culture culture building like if you read any history textbook about culture foods in it and you talk about company culture well obviously you gotta like gotta have that food gotta have that food <laughs> you know <laughs> that's not even something i thought about though like taking it to work and like being able to like you said cook on the job and just have like your own space and stuff without having to just lug everything around in kind of like an awkward manner i guess yeah yeah and there's a lot of setup videos on youtube it's all about what you're trying to do with it like my last truck i had a different build out where i mean if you've seen this one the one i have right now it's like half of it is a built-up bed frame the other half is like open 
well, my last one it was like all platformed with like a drawer and then like room to like put like uh it was designed around a still weed whacker so i can throw a still weed whacker underneath the platform gotcha. all the combi attachments and stuff like that and then i could actually put other stuff up top and like strap a wheelbarrow to the roof but i don't know it was like i had wrote down like the top five things that i wanted and i designed around it and i actually designed it in new vision but i wanted in a comfortable bed a griddle and place to like actually sit and sit up in in the truck in the truck bed because when you have that bed up there you can't like sit up or you're gonna hit your yeah so yeah that's what worked for me that's what i'm i'm doing with it and i don't know there's so many that are on youtube that are just fascinating but um have you thought of making one yourself yes i have because i i bought my truck it's a 2007 silverado okay um i bought it with the topper so it came with a topper and at first I was like, I didn't really think anything of the topper, but then I just, I don't know, probably searching on YouTube or something and just saw people doing that. And I was like, oh, that would be awesome. Just like, I want to drive across the country. Like, I don't know when I graduate or something, when I just have that free time and stay in the back of my truck to see all these places. Like that's something that I really want to do. And, and it's cheap too. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a really good way to travel. People, they travel and they, rent a hotel or this and that and it's like you don't need to be spending all that money you could pull over at a truck stop or a national forest or a walmart or a boat launch or wherever it says no trespassing wherever yeah. it doesn't say no trespassing. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> mark my words <laughs> yeah you can do a lot i mean there's going to be times where you're going to have to stop for electricity or water or a bathroom or whatever but it's a really good way to travel and I think going across the country, dude, like, would be so cool. It's just finding the time. Like, yeah. And making sure that your vehicle is reliable enough. Because mm -hmm. there's times where there's, like, an hour without phone signal, and you're like, oh, we don't blow a tire. <laughs> you know? Well, um, have you thought about, like, going to, doing a trip like that? Yeah. I I haven't really thought about it in depth, but I know it's... Is there, like, a I... place you want to see? <laughs> So I've done like a lot of international traveling because my dad used to be a flight attendant and like we have like flight benefits and stuff. So we can travel for pretty cheap internationally, yeah. but we haven't really done a lot of like travel in the country. We have, but not, not all the places that I want to go and like see, like I, I really just want to spend a lot of time out in like the Rockies and like Wyoming. And um, I also love Arizona, just like the, the desert and stuff. Yeah. Um, it would be so cool to go to see like the northern parts of the western side of the country when it's springtime and things are yeah that'd be so nice because right right or like i've only ever known michigan spring and I, I got a lot of life left but like for what i can remember it's always been you know flat land here's your magnolia here's your forsythia <laughs> like you know, I want to go see some like wildflowers in bloom. Yeah. I've never had the chance to do that. So that'd be so cool. But yeah, no, the builds are so practical. The truck bed builds. And then I don't know. It's my pride and joy right now. Man. <laughs> it's so cool. So. so with your, with your old build, did you have it in while like you worked? You said you had a steel weed whacker underneath it and stuff. So you just left it there. Mm hmm. Yep, I had a still weed whacker. The top part was big enough, just big enough to where I can put a still leaf blower up top. Um, and then on the weekends, I still had like the same setup where I could pull out a grill or um, and a storage compartment 
and I would take everything out except for the grill, obviously. And I would throw like um, old truck dinette pillows that for whatever reason they worked out that they were perfect enough to where I could like lay on it and they would fit in the bed perfectly. So I would do that for camping. And that was good. That truck, I probably would not drive across the country. It had like 240,000 miles on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I would. I took it on a, um, eight and a half hour one way and an eight and a half hour back trip. And then the next day it broke down. So I'm like, okay, you know, good time to do that <laughs> when I'm home. <laughs> yeah. Add some excitement to your trip, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, am I, am I making it? Am I not? You never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think that having a grill at work is, you know, number one. Yeah, that's awesome. Who doesn't like grilling, man? <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing that, like, has kind of been stopping me is because I have, like, my daily driver, I guess you could say, like my first car that I drive around, but then I bought the truck for work. So it was like, I didn't, I didn't know how to build a bed while still being able to use it for tr like work. But I, I, I like how you, you said that, like, you still did, you were, you were able to like kind of multi-use it or uh, that's a bad word for that. I'm sure. But <laughs> purpose, a Swiss army knife. Yeah. 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 There you go. Num I guess I, I would write down, the top five things that you need and the, like the top one or two things that you're going to be using it for and then take dimensions because you're limited in the back of your truck i had to put roof rat like actual rv rails on top of my topper aftermarket so that i could strap a wheelbarrow on top because i wasn't going to be able to fit a wheelbarrow inside yeah no. yeah and i guess like when i i take a wheelbarrow it's usually with the trailer i, I, I don't i usually have other stuff in the truck so with my setup i would I wouldn't even need that, so that'd be, I'd be cooking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But about how much? Pretty much just wood, right? Like, yeah, not super expensive. Um, well, I had about four hundred in lumber. Okay. So and about, I only used about like two hundred eighty dollars worth. There was a good amount of leftover plywood, and some uh, two by fours that I wasn't able to use. Um. So yeah, I, I spent 400 on lumber. I spent like 150 on my griddle, my Blackstone 22 inch griddle. Um, the drawer slides are not necessary, but they're super nice to have because my last setup, I didn't have it. And I was just sliding this built out two by 10 drawer on a truck bed. So that can get heavy. But um, I had drawer slides, which were almost 200 bucks, um, 60, inch, 60 inch drawer slides. Um, those are heavy duty. I think they hold like 500 pounds. And then my other big purchase was the mattress. That was another 150. So I was in close, close to a grand. And I want to carpet it on the inside so I can cover up my rough carpentry that I framed my bed out with. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would say about a grand. Um, but you can, you can make something work for like 300 bucks. So yeah, I wouldn't need anything special, especially if I'm still working at it too. But do you have any, uh, trips planned out in it or just kind of weekend getaways right now it's weekend getaways that's it right now i gotta figure out how i'm gonna get my ice shanty in there in the winter time because i like ice fishing a lot and it, yeah I, I don't know if i'm gonna strap that to the roof or what but yeah right now <laughs> um i'm just gonna be doing a lot of national forests in michigan so um it's the spring rush i'm still working five days a week which is two days less than i was working when i owned a business I feel you. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly at least work on friday and i can come home on sunday afternoon but um you know i might do i want to do something in like out west when things slow down in the winter i would like to go mm-hmm. see like southern utah i've been there before it's really beautiful out there um yeah i guess time will tell i'm in a transition period right now and i don't necessarily know the day-to-day like i used to i knew the month to month but yeah um i want to see something cool and I will, but it's just a matter of time, probably in the winter. That's so. fair. There's a lot of what, cool things to see in Michigan, though. I was going to say, what, what are some cool spots that I should uh, come see in Michigan? Because I'm, I'm north, northwest Indiana area, so. Okay. How far are you from, like, do you know a uh, city in Michigan? Like, how far are you from it? Like, Lansing or Detroit or Kalamazoo? Um, I'm about an hour from South Bend, Indiana. Do you know where that is? Is that, like, on the border? I think. Yeah. I think I think it's close. It's it's up there. I would go to like Ludington area. There's the Manistee National Forest. So there's a lot to see there and there's a lot of places to camp there too. So Ludington, Michigan. Um I guess that'd be the closest for you. Um there's also like the Huron National Forest, which is on the more so on the um east side of the state. I don't know why I forgot about that. <laughs> I was drawing a blank on the word east. Um, and then, I mean, I, if you go in the Upper Peninsula, there's like pictured rocks. If you want to see some tourist locations, like pictured rocks, um, Lake of the Clouds, which is way in the UP. That's like almost Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I would say the west side of the state, like the coastline is really cool. Lake Michigan, super cool. Mackinac Bridge, really cool. So, Yeah, I've, I've never been up there, but What's I've, good I've heard good things. Is there... Um, forest or like any hills or anything so the big one is brown county state park and like hoosier national forest so that's down um you know where bloomington is like where indiana university is at no okay so yeah it's it's about an hour yeah about an hour south of indy um so yeah yeah. yeah, so I, i i go to school in indy so that's like an hour drive from here um that's the big one there's actually a state park in my hometown which is awesome too so i can just drive right up the street like five minutes and be there which is awesome um yeah yeah Yeah, then there's similar similar landscape zones too because i always like to look out for different plants or like see how old those white pines are but the national forest definitely has like the best landscaping in my opinion but um I think we're similar landscape zones. I'll have to look into that. But right on. Yeah. I I think we're like five A. Okay. Yeah, we're five and six. So Okay. I I'll be honest, I don't really understand how that works, but I just know what we are because whenever I go to look at plants, I know what it has to be in. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure some of it out too. I'm like some of the stuff people say, I'm like, okay, as long as it's five and six. works for me yeah exactly yeah man yeah but other other than like brown county and hoosier national forest um there's also like turkey run and shades are pretty cool so that's over um lafayette i don't know if you know where that is it's it's sort of pretty university is so okay um yeah those, those are some pretty cool spots and then there's also some cool spots up in like in northern indiana that would be a lot closer to you but i haven't i haven't been up there as much Right, right. And you guys, don't you border Ohio? <laughs> we do. Okay. 
I'm just gonna make sure I got my geography right. Okay. Are you a are you a anti Ohio person or? A... No, I mean. Okay, because I know there's like a big at least like with college sports, Michigan Ohio rivalry and stuff. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up here, everyone's always like, "Oh, Ohio." Uh, yeah. I don't really understand. I think it's just a sports rivalry, but no, I mean, Ohio is. I think it's just farms, right? Farmland. For the most part pretty flat yeah. yeah i know like once you get towards west virginia on that border it starts to become hilly and cool and there's things to see yeah. and, i mean there's things to see with old farms too or i've never really explored ohio that much i know there's like some cool parts southern ohio that i want to go see but no i don't know why everybody just rats in ohio there's you know that's where your food's <laughs> coming from dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds you right? <laughs> amen yeah the the that that is another region that I kind of want to check out, like the Appalachian um, yeah. area. I haven't done a whole lot in that area, and also like like up northern Appalachia, like Vermont and New Hampshire, like up in that area. I've never. Well, I guess we did I last think that'd summer. Be really cool to see from Vermont and Maine in the fall time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it'd be nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta find the time. You know? I know. You gotta make it a priority. Yeah, that, 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 honestly, that's, I mean, I, this, I don't know if this is, well, I think you kind of said that this is the case for you too, but just like being, doing stuff outside is like the reason that I like lawn care and landscaping and the reason that I like going, seeing stuff, going hiking, um, just camping when I can, like, it's just being outside and not bogged down by the, I guess, real world, you could say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's, there's like, it takes a certain kind of person to always want to be outside. And I don't know what it is, like why people are wired that way. Cause I'm the same way. I know when I was born, I was jaundiced, which means you're yellow and they have to put you underneath a light. And so I think I like photosynthesized when I was 10 years, 10 minutes old. <laughs> and the God's like, this kid's going to be a landscaper. <laughs> I just, that's a, that's a good one. Time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clients that and they think it's hilarious and then <laughs> then you sell the deal and you're like sweet <laughs> yeah sweet real story by the way you know but <laughs> i think that that's why i am the way i am and find come to find out my uh my last employee my last team member was the exact same way when he was born too really I'm like oh this works you know <laughs> so yeah yeah you're natural <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder why people you know, like they just grow up and they're like, I just want to always be outside. Like, what is it about that person? I don't know, but I think it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So one, one question that I, I guess only third episode, so still getting into this whole thing, but one question that I want to start asking people is their favorite book. So do you have like a favorite book that you are, are reading, have read? Um, it can be about anything too. Yeah. Yeah. I've read, um, when I had my business, I think I read about eight books a year, seven books a year. Uh, I've read like the Jocko Willink books. Um, I've read Think and Grow Rich. I've read some, like probably like the 20, the, the 20 books that every multi-million dollar CEO would tell you to read. But the one that I liked the most was um, Poke the Box by Seth Godin. It was like a hundred pages and it was like the the one book it's 
they say it's like for beginners or like if you're just starting out but that was like the book that really made me take the step in whatever idea i had and i think that's the most important thing is taking the that first step so it really hones it really it really talks about um whenever you have an idea you know you got to do it for yourself or if you want something, you got to get it for yourself. No one's going to come along and do it for you. There's not going to be a perfect time and there's not going to be a perfect path. You got to make it on your own. So Ron, you, you said that was book the box. Poke. Poke the box. Yeah. Seth Godin. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. What about you? Oh, uh, see, <laughs> I, I love asking this question, but I hate answering it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, currently I'm reading, um, Profit first for lawn care and landscape companies, which is a good one, which um, is really opening my eyes to how poor I guess I've been managing my money. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I think that's an easy trap to get into too, because especially as business owners, it's like it, it seems basic knowledge like expenses, revenue, profit, like that whole situation, but actually understanding and knowing where your money's going and why it just uncovers another level of understanding about your money and so i i haven't finished it yet but it's definitely got some good stuff but my favorite book um i might give you three built to sell is a good one which i read recently kind of just with the idea of possibly selling lawn care business stuff it's just I like just the concept that it has about, um, but just like the business, like being separate from you as an individual, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess E-Myth could kind of tie into that one. Yeah. The um, funny thing is that the E-Myth, it says like the business is an extension of the owner in, in places, which is true. But like when you sell, like one of the things that I struggled with in business was like um, taking things personally when a client makes a decision mm-hmm. it sounds so simple. It sounds so stupid. Or like when somebody wouldn't pay a bill, but it's like, you're the last person to get paid like that $600 or $800 that you didn't pay me. That could have gone in my Roth IRA or my investments, like, or that could have been one month's rent or, you know, Yeah. but um, the E-Myth is great. A great book. Yeah. I, I read that probably about a year ago. I, I probably need to read it again. Um, mm-hmm. But the other one that I wanted to mention was the, <laughs> the subtle art of not giving up. Oh, I like <laughs> that one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll say it on the podcast. But uh Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one just about like values and just questioning a lot of just basic stuff. Like, what do you really care about? Like you say one thing, but you act completely differently, and it's like it makes you a little uncomfortable kind of reading it, but it's a good uncomfortable um in a growth based uncomfortable i would say i agree that's i like that book too i forgot about that one for a second but that was one of the first ones i read when i started reading books and that's an eye-opener yeah i that that was definitely good and then (laughs) i told you i I can't pick one can't hurt me by david goggins is another good one Mm -hmm. just overcoming yeah and he just became yeah, I, I don't even know the right word to give to it. It's just he pretty much just overcame everything and yeah, in a crazy way and in a short amount of time too. Yeah, and that guy, I don't know how he's done the things that he's done 
ran races on broken legs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you have you read that one? Yeah. It's a good book. It's a really good book. And my mom's not a reader, but I had it around and she picked it up and didn't put it down until she was done. She read it in like three or four days. It's like it it'll make you not want to put it down. It's such a good book. Yeah. I reading something that I just kind of picked up hard again on like the last six months, but mm-hmm. it just there's just so much knowledge out there and I want to know all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the you know, if you listen to some of the most successful people, they'll say that they never stop reading. So it's a good habit. Yeah, right on. I guess we can go ahead and wrap things up. I got I got another question I want to ask you though. So like, what what would what would you say like one of your biggest long term goals is? Like, I know you said that you love growth and being able to grow, and you said that you also accomplished a lot of um, your business goals. But what is something that you really want to achieve long term over the next ten, twenty? 30 years really i do everything i want to do so that i'm fulfilled personally at the end of the day i want to be happy i don't care how much money i make and i believe with that mindset that's where people find the most wealth um from from what i've heard but i could care less about that um like monetary things um i just want to you know we we got one life and i don't want to ever look back and say i wish i would have done this or i wish i would have done that like i want to make sure that everything i do makes me happy that's my long-term goal so i love that that's a day-to-day goal too yeah yeah it it can come from little things like man i don't want to regret this cookie later so i'm not going to you know what that that was me today i was well okay i had a bag of chips and then i went back for a second bag of chips and i was like you know what (laughs) no like you don't need it it's just yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, dude it's so true it's (laughs) it goes with everything future you will thank you yeah future. that's what i've been telling myself a lot this last week actually is future you will thank you yeah yeah it takes some mental fortitude to understand long term versus short term <laughs> like short term like i could go for the crunch and the salt flavor you know but <laughs> long term i'm gonna sit there and like oh my why'd i do that <laughs> yeah so like- and it, it could go from like picking up a new hobby too like i love playing guitar i've been playing guitar for eight years off and on um but that's something that i'm really happy that I picked up. It's like a really good pastime. It's something that you could take forever to play guitar and like still like don't master it. The people that are performing on the radio have been playing guitar for like 20 years every day. So, and that's where, that's why they're at where they are now. But um, yeah, no, I just, I just want to be happy. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what about you? 20, 30 years. Yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> kind of similar. I mean, I obviously like being happy is a big thing because there's also like, honestly, the past year or so of just running my business has been super draining and kind of part of the reason I kind of want to sell off within the next year or two mm-hmm. um, and just pursue new directions. Um, I just, 
I don't know if this is right or wrong, but just being able to, I, I have so many different like interests and in, like from day to day, like I want to do this really bad. And then the next day I want to do this. Like when you said you play guitar, like that's something that I would love to learn how to do. It's just, I've got so many of those little things that I want to do. I just, yeah. in the long term, I want to be able to do all those little things and just yeah. like, not necessarily care as much about the big things, but just being able to do the little things from here and here to there. And I don't know if that's making sense saying it out loud. Cause that's, a, that's how a lot of my thoughts are. It all makes sense in my head. And then I put it to words and it's like, what are you saying? But yeah. 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 No, I, I get that too. Like there's, there's some things that I wish I could do too. Like I really wish I could sing. That would be really cool. Yeah. Sometimes I hear people sing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're so gifted. And maybe I'm just not gifted, but um, I know like everything is possible. Maybe I could, I could probably be a good singer if I took lessons for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand that. It's, it's tough, man. It's yeah. Tough. <laughs> well, we've gotten completely off of business related topics, I guess, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. No, it's good I, I, I took, I actually took choir one year in high school too, but I wouldn't say I'm a, singer by any means it was just because the choir teacher was also the drama director and i was in drama and was good friends with him and stuff so yeah but i guess yeah. perform performing on broadway would also be yeah. some, something else i think would be awesome but that's probably yeah. way beyond because I, I was like in drama and stuff in high school so i thought that was yeah. super fun no i was in i was in acting class too which i don't know if it's the same thing that you were in but i thought it was like really interesting and I don't know. I think actors are really cool. It takes a lot of talent to just completely switch your character. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, dude. But on the flip side, I also think because, but just like in the sales aspect, being able to not necessarily put on a show, but like being able to like find your rhythm and like have the script and know exactly like the different emotions that you'll have to go through in different points. I think that will also or at least I hope that'll be benefit me in the future from a sales perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got you. Um, that's where like books came in, in, in handy for me and podcasts, you know, just got to play on your game face and know once you, once you've um, been taken advantage of a certain amount of times, or once you've undercharged a certain amount of times, like there's going to be a point where enough is enough. Yeah. So, and I think everybody learns that for themselves. Yeah, it'd be nice if we didn't need that breaking point, but that's usually the strongest. Yeah. Strongest yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes more peaceful than others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. it's been great talking with you tonight. Um obviously we <laughs> we got a little bit off business, but I, I wanted to hear about like your your truck and your traveling and stuff. Um Yeah. This, I love talking about it. I love yeah. sharing. I it's definitely something I want to do more of over the next year as well. So Mm -hmm. it's good having you on here um maybe we can bring you back on the future down the road kind of update what you're doing with foxscapes maybe you're doing something completely different never know i'll probably be in a completely different spot a year from now or six months from now as well so yeah um, well, i appreciate you having me on i know it was a good time it was a good conversation here yeah right on thank you guys uh for tuning into this episode and we'll see you next time